Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Your mind, body, and soul were not meant to live disconnected from each other. Putting all the beautiful parts of you into one breathtakingly whole experience is what you deserve. As a life coach, I work to support your story. Together, we can set free the story of you. I bring guests onto my show so that you can hear powerful stories of other women all across the world. I want you to see how profoundly important living and telling stories is. I understand what it feels like to live under expectations and programming that are not aligned with who you are. I learned to write my own story in my year of Jess, and I want to guide you as you write the story of you. Your beauty, power, and value are already in there, in you. It's time to rise into it and uncage the limitless experience that is you. You've been held back for far too long. It's time, time to take your pen back and write the story of you. If this makes your heart leap even just a little bit, let's talk. You can find out more about working with me on my website at jessicatravis.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Okay, so today I have a, I almost want to call you a co-worker, but we're really not co-workers. We're just co, uh, co-coaches, I guess. Um, I was trying to think of something creative. It didn't come to me. <laughs> um, I feel like I have, colleagues is like the traditional word for that, okay, but colleagues is go. like kind of boring, but you know. Yeah, or far more educated than I am. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, um, so uh, Megan, you and I met um, through our coaching school, and um, we we've kind of traveled this journey through the school and through um, building our businesses. Um, we live in different states, but we've kind of been doing this journey side by side virtually. Um, so today, I'm I'm really excited to just to kind of dive into all things you and what the story of you. Um, is. And so I'm going to start with my first question. And that is, who are you? Who am I? Oh, I love this. So I, you may have to redirect me. I will go in all the different directions. You know this, so you can redirect me. This <laughs> is not the way that you wanted me to take this question, but who am I? Um, in one of the programs that I'm in right now, being coached, a question that we were asked is what is the texture of your essence? And Ooh. isn't that a good question? It's like so juicy. Yeah. I um, have to like sit on that for a minute. Wow. Yeah. I have had to sit on it for a long time. And I think that I probably always will. Um, I had another conversation earlier today about essence and it was just like, oh, it's such a, a great thing to think about. Um, but one of the things that's been coming to mind for me is that I'm either like a rock on the beach that, you know, it kind of gets waves and there's things that come come in and out, but it's always like learning from each wave, but it's also kind of rooted on its beach. And then I like kind of took it as like something kind of porous and ultimately I've kind of landed on this picture of lava potentially where lava, you know, it's like has Mm. one form that's kind of liquid and it's moving very slowly. And then eventually it becomes kind of like a porous 
rock and it might be in the ocean. And I don't know, there's just an interesting concept to think about, but I love thinking about myself as lava. It just kind of sounds really good to me. I'm just like this observer in a lot of ways, but also mm. consistently moving forward and exploring and trying things and maybe going over spaces that are not very comfortable. And then, you know, it gets to a space where it is more comfortable. I don't know. It just seems like an interesting way to think about myself anyways. So who yeah. am I? Right now I'm lava. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'll ask you next week. Now what element are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, I love that idea though of uh, fluidity. Like mm. you're, you're really, it's not about landing in a, in a space about who you are, but it's allowing that fluidity of, I can evolve and change and, um, you know, create uh, the path that I want to yeah. is what I, what I'm hearing you kind of say in. Yeah. I love that. I hadn't even thought about it that way either, but that's really beautiful. It's just like kind of creating your own pathway and, oh yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I love it. Mm. Well, this is one thing that happens if you start to record a conversation between coaches. <laughs> I noticed this when I did a conversation with Madison, who is a shared coach of ours and uh, it, it's really easy to kind of get off in those um, those conversations of uh, really trying to put language mm. to growth processes. And, um, and I know that a lot of us who have uh, coaching businesses, we tend to always be thinking in that realm of what does growth look like? What does it feel like? How, do, how does forward um, happen? How does it uh, get created? How do I support it for somebody else? That sort of thing. And, yeah. um, so that maybe that's a, like a warning that our conversation <laughs> moving forward could be very coachy, uh, or very, uh, um, metaphorical. So, um, I love that you mentioned Madison as well, because Madison's the one who asked me that question. Like, what is the texture of your eyes? I, it's it a very like Madison a question. <laughs> question. I was going to say that. I almost asked you, did Madison ask you that? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, she's challenged so many thoughts for me. And one of them is putting um, a full experience behind very um, basic thoughts and words like mm -hmm. essence. Like this is a word that we can throw around pretty easily, but the fact that she asked you to consider its texture yeah. takes you to like a three-dimensional relationship with this word and what, what that does for you in a far more holistic way. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's always been her challenge. It's never an easy question. It's a, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got to go there. So, I think yeah. that's the beauty of like coaching as a career as well, or like as an art form, because coaching is really an art form of crafting questions that really make you think like mm -hmm. that's like the, like the shining star of what it is to be a coach is to really be able to ask those deep questions that make mm -hmm. you think that make you become more present to who you are and who you want to be. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. And I think, um, one of the things that, uh, having a coach and being a coach has made me realize too, is that, um, sometimes we, one, we need the free space to be able to say a thing, right? Mm -hmm. We don't always know, how to uh, put feel or form or um, concept or forward movement around that thing that we need to say. But sometimes when we just say a thing, a coach is able to look at it and say, what I hear you saying is, and they have this like other picture they're seeing because they're watching you, they're experiencing you articulate this sentence. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's quite magical when a coach can do that with you, when mm -hmm. they can see what's not being said. Um, and yeah, Madison has definitely done that for me. I've had a few coaches who've just been able to have such deep insight that, um, yeah, becomes very transforming. So being that you're a coach now, you didn't just wake up one day, say, okay, I'm in 
you know, I want to be this when I grow up because I know this about you. That's not what you did. So you had a journey that got you to where you are today. And, and I would love to explore that story. So if you are lava, where did lava start from? Like, what did that look like um, that got you from the start to where you are today? Oh, wow. When you ask it that way, that seems like so incredibly deep. And I don't even know. Like I was a, I was like a, a firework for much of my like early childhood. I really just loved doing a lot of different things. And I've always been such a creator. Um, so lava probably began more so as the volcano, just kind of like burning <laughs> <laughs> things all over the place. Um, but I do, I actually have a little bit of my story in front of me to help keep me focused. Um, just so for listeners, if I sound like I'm reading at some point, I'm sure Jess will get me back into the conversation <laughs> part of it, but I figured it would probably be helpful to have from me. Um, but yeah, cause our, our, our stories have multiple chapters, you totally. know, and we, we could sit and just talk about one chapter, but there's also a through line through that mm -hmm. story yeah. of how the chapters connect and evolve into the next one. So I, I totally get what you're saying that, and that, um, asking the question can be so loaded. So don't, don't take the pressure too much, but, um, but yeah, I would love to, I'd love to know what that through line is for you. Totally. Yeah. So as a brand or as a company, I really love the word and, and just as a person, but like I use the word reclamation a lot, mm -hmm. um, because it feels like the through line of what I'm continually learning to do. And really, if I'm honest, what I keep coming to right now is I believe reclamation is the foundation for liberation, like reclaiming yourself and hearing yourself is the foundation mm. for liberation. And so like with that part of my story with reclamation was like, even in childhood, I experienced just a lot of really confusing times. Um, I know you and I have talked about gaslighting and you talk about yeah. gaslighting more publicly now as well. Um, and within my childhood, I like, that was really the first place I experienced gaslighting, not knowing what it was. Um, but I just had a very polarizing atmosphere with my parents' divorce and various communication between mm -hmm court systems and counselors and parents on opposing sides. And that's, I think, where I really started to move from being that like really, you know, spurting volcano with all of these ideas and creations to like kind of puttering, <laughs> um, for gotcha. lack of a better word. And so just, I learned to shape shift to fit mm. the person I was supposed to be. And I think it's a hard thing to admit, but I think a lot of us do this and it's not necessarily bad or good, but I learned who I needed to be in order to succeed and to move forward. And yeah, I fit yeah. that role. Um, and during that time as well, though, because I experienced manipulation at such a, such a young age, I really never grasped how to discern if someone or something was serving me or not. Like if someone was actually, I don't like to use the word for or against, because I think that, you know, we all should be for ourselves um, while also keeping in mind the collective. Um, but it's really just, I didn't, I didn't know how to tell who my friends were and who my friends were not um, and how to set mm -hmm. boundaries and things like that. I just felt like I had to be, um, make everybody happy for lack of a better term. Like that's the one we all know. Yeah. We tried to make everybody happy as much as they could. Um, and with, so kind of returning back to that idea of like not really knowing who was for me and who was against me, that once I left like high school um, and stepped into college and just kind of living life out on my own, that's really where that came to hit me the most. And this is just kind of how I ultimately got to life coaching, but um, I just made some friendships that were not beneficial. I had a business partnership that was not beneficial. Um, and 
had the continued relationship and dynamics with my family um, that were not healthy. So it was just mm -hmm. kind of this building of manipulation and me just not knowing how to set boundaries and me continuing to shape shift and ultimately kind of losing myself along the way. There were threads mm -hmm. of me. I think we all experienced that or a lot of us yeah. do where there's like threads of me. My creativity was still there. My love for just doing and moving forward was still there. Mm -hmm. But specifically when I reached the point where I was in a business partnership, I was even just thinking about that today. I just reached a point where I couldn't handle a lot of stress. I was like stressed to the max, which ultimately kind of like, I don't know, just hit my body and it like couldn't take yeah. anymore. Um, so then the slightest little thing just becomes magnified. It becomes huge. Yeah. Well, and again, cause that's where I thought that I had to do what everyone else wanted me to do. So then if mm -hmm. there's more stress, it's like, Oh, I have to take this on. I can't say no. I can't, um, I don't know. And I thought it was me. It was my problem. It was all my fault because that's what I had learned. That's what I had come yeah. to accept as my truth at the time. Um, and so that's really what led me to this idea of reclamation was then I saw a chiropractor who was helping me with a lot of my health issues. I came mm -hmm. into the world of coaching and started working with Madison. Madison was my very first coach. Um, and Dang, I'm like, so <laughs> I can't express how much I literally found her through an Instagram hashtag. So if anyone ever tells you hashtags don't work, hashtags, That's, you know, yeah, she's still my coach. So <laughs> anyways, um, but that's what brought me to the world of life coaching. And I learned so much about my nervous system and I learned so much about the, the gaslighting that I had lived my entire life experiencing mm -hmm. and then it just kind of opened my eyes to I don't know it, it's a, a domino effect really of like what I was able to see and then it led me to this truth for myself that I really needed to reclaim all aspects of me what does it mean to be Megan that question that you started the whole podcast with is like who am I and that's really what that precipice led me to is like who am yeah. I oh, I guess at this point, I'm just a whole bunch of stories that other people told me that I am. Who am yeah. I for real? So. Did you have a long, along the way in that? Yeah. Did you have some part of you that just kept saying, but I want to be this, or I want to feel this? Like, was there something that was longing in you that was causing you to keep searching, to keep asking the questions for yourself? Definitely. Um, especially before, before the business partnership, um, I feel like all, all in my high school years and college years and like my initial kind of professional years, um, there were always those threads where I would just feel misunderstood. That was like, I think one mm. of the, the things that I felt is I was just like, I just don't feel like people really know me. I just don't feel like I'm being understood in the way that I want to be understood. I feel like mm. there's something more. And then like, this is where like the whole gaslighting thing during that business partnership, I feel like I lost a lot of that because it was such a mm. toxic yeah. environment, you know, like you kind of even lose any of those threads and suddenly you're like, Right. I don't, it's just, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know we're, we're making um, facial expressions to each other because there's a part of gaslighting that is just a, um, when you have experienced it and you know, you've experienced a gaslighting relationship, there aren't a lot of words for it. There's just a, uh, yeah. like, mm -hmm. there, and you're making that expression to each other because it is a very, um, it's a very toxic space, but it's also one that leaves you in quite a survival mode. Totally. And so the, the longer you're in that, the more you have to let go of the things that, or you don't have to, I'll preface that, but you tend to let go of those things that make you who you are, but also matter to you. And so you just keep surviving it and you lose yourself and you lose yourself and you lose yourself. Yeah. So I, I, what was it that got you to a point that said, 
ah, I can't keep losing myself. Yeah, it was, it was really through, like, as I went to my chiropractor, that's when I really learned, wait, something's not quite right. And then with Madison mirroring to me, I think you're in a relationship that's not healthy. And um, I think you're in like this, this business partnership that's not healthy. Um, I mean, she didn't urge me to just like quit or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it, I just made me realize, oh, I actually can set boundaries. Oh, I don't have to take yeah. all of this crap. Oh, like when this person says this one thing and then they act a different way, I don't actually have to always believe the best about them because their actions are saying something very different to me Mm -hmm. Um, because I just felt like I always had to believe the best about everyone. And that was kind of my like tipping point. One thing kind of going back to the chiropractor, it was super interesting to me and eye-opening. One exercise she had me do was um, she had me close my eyes and march in place. Mm. And I did that for like a minute. And by the end of the exercise, I was on like the other side of the room. No, I might've actually just been standing in place. I don't remember. She might've had me do, do it two different times. Um, but the main thing was I ended up being in a circle. Like I walked around in an entire circle. And I mm. thought that I was standing in place and it was like my right side of my brain was just going so, so much. It didn't stop. And it was like fight or flight causing me to just walk in circles when I thought I was standing still. Um, And just those little things and learning those little things about my body and what my body was trying to say to me. And then being mirrored by Madison that like, oh, something's off. Like that all kind of, it it wasn't just one thing. It was this, it was a collection of things Um, because I was quite stubborn and in my ways of, of, um, people pleasing. (laughs) Well, it becomes a a way of life. It becomes a coping skill. It becomes Mm -hmm. how we, um, how we socialize, how we integrate ourselves into society. And when it's all of those things, it's normal. It's not like something needs to change here. Totally. Well, and it's also so much of your belonging, at least for me, when mm-hmm. I made some of these decisions and when I decided to reclaim myself, there was a huge risk, which ultimately ended up in, I did lose a lot of friendships and it was very messy, um, but it was me risking my sense of belonging. And that is very scary, like for anyone, <laughs> risking your sense of belonging and purpose um, is super scary. And there was kind of along this this path as well. It was like kind of the spiritual side as well. As I was unraveling these truths about the people around me, I was also unraveling and recognizing parts of my belief system that I had grown up with that were not actually in alignment with me and my integrity. Mm. So. Yeah. And you and I have, um, have had conversations about that in the past because we, we kind of have, we have some similar experiences within the belief system. Um, I don't actually know if we, ever believed the same things per se, because that hasn't Mm -hmm. been part of the conversation as much as some of those, those um, experiences of some, some kind of programming that says, this is the person you need to be, you should be. Mm -hmm. And the real authentic striving to meet that. Um, And which like you're talking about the, the people pleasing part, it's, uh, it's also pleasing the pro it, pleasing the programming. It's pleasing the system in which we understand worldview. We understand right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand how what our roles are in the world. All of that, and um, I know that was a pretty like critical point for you um, at one time. And I don't know if I'm like disjointing your sequence of events here, but. You had shared with me at one time about a piece of art that that kind of came from within you that wasn't even intentional. Mm -hmm. It was like your soul was needing to speak something about what you believed and what you thought in life that um, you didn't have words for. Your soul just had to paint it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, I painted a, a crucifix. I was going to 
evangelical Christian, an evangelical Christian college <laughs> and was doing a, um, an independent study it was one of my last like classes. Um, and I was doing the independent study was on, um, art in the church. Like what is the role of art in the church? And I ended up painting a crucifix, but it, I painted, it was like a mixed media art piece. And I used a, an image of a woman as, as Christ. And I had, um, they were just like all different kinds of little sketches and drawings and pieces of collage that I pieced together with like, um, all of these, I, it was all of these little images of the contradictions within my faith and my belief system and me as a person. But at that time I wasn't aware of it. This was like, yeah five or six years before my quote unquote deconstruction from Christianity. So yeah, yeah, exactly what you said. It was just my soul was trying to communicate to me mm-hmm. through art, but I was not fully aware of it yet. Um, yeah. And then that ended up unfolding in its own time. I just had to go through some other experiences first. So you, you come to this place where, um, through business partner relationship, through uh, family relationships, through all of that, where where you realize that that there are things around you that are too toxic for your own health, mm-hmm. right? Like your body's actually showing you that this this isn't working. Mm-hmm. So what comes from that? What you you leave this this moment with the chiropractor, understanding that there is something like fi- a physical response to what's happening relationally or emotionally in your life, what happens next? Yeah. I mean, ultimately at that time, I just started to exercise some boundaries and the reality was I was not like, I was not in a place where I wanted to leave the situation fully. It was my income at the time. Um, however, when I started setting boundaries and when I started using my voice, and this was, this is something I have in my notes as well, because it was so big for me. Whenever I write my story, it was just this really interesting space. But when you start to like use boundaries, no matter who you're talking to, if you're not used, if you Mm -hmm. don't usually set boundaries, people don't usually respond super well, or they don't often, um, if they're used to you playing the codependent. Mm-hmm. So as I set boundaries, as I just, you know, said thank you in the face of, of accusation, um, my my business, business partner was actually the one to leave. And then it ended up resulting in a, a whole whirlwind of other things. But ultimately, that business ended up closing. And I, my partner was wonderful. My, my husband was wonderful because he ended up you know, picking up the reins and making up the Mm. income, which was really beautiful, which gave me the space then to just really process because within the span of a few months, I was like, you know, stressed out to the max with my body, like shutting down and just not, not doing super hot (laughs) to, you know, not having the job that I thought was my entire life's work. Like I had always wanted to run my own marketing and design firm. And that's what I was doing in a super cool city. So I had to like process that. And really the year following that was just processing. It was just healing. Mm -hmm. It was just putting together the pieces for myself of, okay, who am I after that dream? Mm -hmm. What was the core of why I wanted to do that? And that's kind of when I feel like I began that journey of discovering without having the words even then of what my essence was noticing the importance of integrity and loyalty and supporting others. Um, and then realizing, wow, one of the most like influential people in my life during like one of the hardest times of my life was my life coach. What mm. if, what if I did that? Um, so that's kind of like what yeah. that path looked like. Um, but it definitely wasn't easy. It was very, very messy. Not very fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you, you probably have to face things you're afraid of, you know, mm-hmm. parts of you that, you know, just 
creating boundaries means that people have to interact with a person they didn't know existed in a sense. Like I expect this of you, but you're not giving me what I expect. So Mm -hmm. who are you? Mm -hmm. And to, to go down that road, it takes, it takes a lot of courage to, to live by new boundaries in your life that didn't exist before Mm -hmm. and to see what relationships stay, Mm -hmm. what relationships fall away. Um, and I totally, I totally relate to you on that whole, uh, I I went through, you and I both went through um, Madison's um, program, Awaken Her Soul, right? You did do that, right? Okay. And I came out of that going, wow, I'm just, um, I'm allowed to give myself a say or voice in the world in the way that I want to, not the way that I'm expected to. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, that becomes pretty life transforming. Um, because it does alter your relationships. It alters your job. Like I quit my job (laughs) during that time and went down a whole nother path as well. And that was, uh, um, you know, it's setting something free. That's always been there. I love how you use, um, the word reclamation, the thought of reclaiming what has always been there, Mm -hmm. but got a little buried for a while. And so you're, you're digging back in there, which it sounds like you had a year of Megan. Like I had a year of Jess. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to do this, this process of digging through and finding those things that you actually love and like about yourself, the things mm-hmm. that want to come forth. So what things did you discover that you liked and loved about yourself in that process? Yeah. So it's funny now looking back at it, just seeing and thinking about how messy the process was. So I'm not sure how familiar you are with um, human design, but I'm a three, five profile. I'm not at all, but I hear everybody talking about it. So I have this real curiosity for it. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm a three, five profile and I can't remember if it's the three or the five, but basically I'm here to try a lot of things and mess up and then keep trying again and like learning from experience. And that just Mm. feels very true for me. (laughs) Even thinking through like my story of reclamation, it's just constant falling down and getting back up and falling down and getting back up and, you know, having multiple um, experiences with gaslighting and having um, tried, I've tried so many different things in my business, in my career. I did photography and design and um then life coaching I feel like there's something I'm missing but I did a lot of different things and I feel like that year of me was very much that as well is it was me being like I can still do this marketing thing oh I don't know if I like that I'm gonna maybe try doing some pictures I don't know about that it was just a lot of testing and then sitting by myself journaling for a while and then um you know trying something else or you know trying to make a a video of me doing like a life coach training and just seeing how that was and just so much exploration because I Mm. had not given myself permission to do that in a long time. Um, in the, in the free and creative space that I was in and yeah, that was pretty much, it was just an experiment more than anything else. Um, and a lot of sitting on my couch, drinking coffee, just looking out the window, um, like if I wasn't making something, I was sitting and just thinking and processing and coming back to who I was, but also because I think it's a, a mixture, like reclamation is kind of coming back to my wholeness, hmm. but also I had to redefine who I wanted to become because I wasn't the hmm. same person anymore. Yeah. I learned, I grew, I became aware of things that I didn't notice before. Um, And so that year was a mix of finding my voice again, trying all the things (laughs) Mm -hmm. and sitting and thinking about who I wanted to become. What is the voice I want to put out into the world? I, that was like a through line is I knew that I always wanted to do something. I always wanted to like I run my own business doing something, but what did I, with all of this new information, what did I actually want that? 
Hmm. to be? What did I want to wake up in the morning, like feeling and doing? So that was a lot of that year for me, just like figuring that out. Wow. And what, what a great, um, uh, gift that your partner, your husband gave you to, um, give you the space to say whatever you need in this time Mm. to do that. I mean, I know my husband did the same thing and I honestly don't know that I could have given myself the permission Mm. had I not had somebody so supportive of cheering me on going, no, what do you actually want? What do you actually like? What do you dream about? Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, that permission um, was is really important to have to have that from somebody that you know you, you care the most about in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like I almost just like needed that. And I don't. It was so incredible when I think back about that time as well. It was interesting because my husband was running his own business, but really it was like right at that same time that he finally, like, he made enough to actually pay his paycheck. Like, it it was, like, this transference happened. Hmm. And it was just this really beautiful. And now, like, since then, his business has been running great. And it's great. But it was just so interesting how it was, like, there was just this moment when it was suddenly, like, okay, the baton is, like, like, you're now the the person making the income. And he was so, like, willing and great. Like, I'm very grateful for that. And then I, like, hit a wall and couldn't do anything. And then I had that like a year to be able to just explore and be myself before kind of diving back into things. So yeah, and that's that's definitely a privilege. I know a lot of people don't have that experience, um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but it's also really interesting to look back on and just see like that one like moment, like within a month's time, it was so crazy, so. Yeah. So you, you kind of touched on, um, some, the word deconstruction, which can be a real buzzword. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be a really positive word. It can be a really negative word. depends on what part of the deconstruction you're in. (laughs) Um, but just, uh, so anybody who is not familiar with that word, um, it's basically just, uh, taking, um, that really hard look at what your faith system is and saying, is this what aligns with me? Um, And there's a lot of other language that could go around that, but that's just kind of the gist of it. And for, for some people, it's a a complete uh, turning away from what it was that they had and they move into something completely new. Um, For other people, it's, it's more of um, a, a fluid experience of, uh, letting some things fall away and bringing some new things in. Um, everybody has a, a quite a different experience with it. I've heard lots of beautiful stories. You and I have actually listened to a lot of um, some of the same people within um, those communities of conversation. But um, but I'm curious for you um, when you when you go through. Uh, a process of, of looking at your faith as part of, Hey, does this still, um, align with me? Does this still, I know that's not a word you like, uh, let me think. Oh, you can use whatever word. It's fine. (laughs) Um, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it, it's like you were saying about your painting. There is these conflicting things Mm -hmm. or contradictions that were existing. So for you going through that, putting boundaries into your life in some of your relationships that hadn't had those boundaries before. How does this process of, um, of going through, through a deconstruction of your faith affect not just you on a personal level, but you're the relationships around you? Because I know your, your faith community was very tight too, um, like mine was. So to start asking the whys and asking the questions and digging outside of the box that you were used to is a really, uh, it's a really scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really interesting experience and that's, um, that was one thing. So I feel like I need to put some context on a few different bubbles that, yeah. I was, <laughs> that I'm part of. So I'm part of, like, I was part of the church that I, I grew up in. It's part of the 
the university that I attended. I was part of a church that I had kind of been attending and, and working at um, some when we were living in Nashville, when that, that's when I was in part of this business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband had also worked at a church that is kind of like that church community that we were kind of part of. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest impact for me when I started setting boundaries was within the community we were in in Nashville, there was just this realization that there was no room for my, my story. Um, if I actually was going to speak my truth of what my experience was, both spiritually, but also um, within my business partnership, like the people that I had been in growing in relationship with were not going to be able to have space for that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I realized that that was just not a space for me. And that was a choice that I made that, you know, I need to be able to speak my truth, especially as I'm learning to be able to speak Mm -hmm. my truth. I can't be in a space that feels so sticky with that. I need to be able to speak this very, very plainly. Um, And then as far as my faith deconstruction goes, I think it, it's an, it's an ongoing experience to see how every individual, um, relates to that. So I've become significantly more public about my deconstruction. I'm here on a podcast talking about it. I know, I no longer identify as a Christian. So that's the blanket statement. I no longer identify as a Christian and I've been pretty public about that. And just the church structure as a whole, um, feels very one-sided to me. It feels very hierarchical, feels very patriarchal. um, And I just no longer agree with that, nor the way the history has been taught by many churches, specifically the evangelical fundamentalist church that Mm -hmm. I grew up in and that I've been part of, um, that preaches kind of a very one-dimensional interpretation of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I just disagree with, with that. And now my kind of quote unquote reconstruction, which I think is very entertaining (laughs) that we have these words. Um, but my reconstruction, it's really just been a comment. It's the reclamation. It's reclaiming what I've always felt. Um, because the reality is for me, I feel like my deconstruction, I there was anger and there still is like I would say a holy anger towards um, (laughs) the things that we see in the church that are extremely harmful. Um, But when it comes to God um, or the divine or the universe, it's been kind of more of a flowy experience for me of like moving Mm -hmm. from the rules that I was hearing about God to my actual experience. It was just like taking away those things. I've always had the same experience of God. I use different terms more regularly now because God does have baggage attached to it. But um, yeah, it was just moving from the rules to my experience, coming back to who I know God to be in in my spirit versus what I'm told and who I'm told God is. Um, I do not remember your initial question, but I know it was about deconstruction and that was kind of, no, 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 you're, you're right there. And I guess the, the next question then is how did that affect the world around you and your relationships? Oh yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I know for me, it's, uh, lately it's been a little bit devastating, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the, the, um, assumptions that are made by my processing of my lifelong faith. So I'm curious for you, how, how have you, uh, what has your experience been with the relationships around you as you become more public with what you don't identify with? Yeah. Um, again, I think it's, it's different depending on the individual I've been trying to learn myself to have grace and not, um, in the same way that I hope to not be judged blanketly. I'm trying not to do that for the people in the communities that I've been part mm-hmm. of because everyone is individual. Um, I will say that m- most of the people or many of the people who identify as 
pretty conservative Christians um, had some harsh DM messages, specifically when I started um, speaking about this. I, I was pretty clear about my boundaries and haven't really had that experience too much since. <laughs> yeah. Um, but especially when I initially did that, it was really interesting to see um, people that I didn't really know or um, people that were actually strangers to me showing up in my in my DMs without invitation. And I did lose a lot of friendships. Um, that is devastating. Like you would use that word. Um, I'm really grateful for the new friendships because mm -hmm. they're so much deeper and they're so much more life-giving than having to meet a specific set of rules. Um, and that's kind of what I've come to focus on the most I still feel, I feel like this is like a sad word, but I still feel lonely sometimes. And it's really yeah. sad and it's a grief process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but like it's, it's worth it at the same time. Like it's definitely a both and of all of the feelings and all of the humanity in that experience for me. And it just depends on, the day or the season. Um, it's not so much the days anymore. It's more so the seasons. Um, I know this, this summer, my, my grandmother passed away and that was an interesting experience to go home and be in a space that has a lot of Christianity attached to it. Um, that I like Christianity in the, in the sense that what I grew up with Mm -hmm. And to have to like hold space for how my family wanted to run things while also knowing I don't, I don't sit with this very well. Like that was tricky because there's definitely like triggering moments. Um, yeah. Like very real triggering moments. <laughs> I don't use that word lightly. Um, but allowing others to also have their truth at the same time. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a really good point that you make, because I think it oftentimes when, when you can deconstruct from a lot of different things, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to just be faith, but when you go through those types of processes, my husband and I talk about this and uh, we talked about it when, when he was getting hired or pastors in the church were getting hired Mm. Um, leaving and then getting hired. It was like, you could watch the church do these pendulum swings. Mm. Like, okay, that was the old. Now we need something, all the opposites of what that one wasn't. Right. Mm. And so we can often do that when we go through any type of deconstruction, when we start to, to dig out what needs, what there really are things that need to like, just be gone. Right. Yeah. And, but oftentimes we find ourselves doing those pendulum pendulum swings where we go from one extreme mm -hmm. to the other extreme and we start to embrace something that is very different but yet can be as polarizing or as confining as the other thing we just left right yeah so the fact that that you can come away and say i can I'll find find the empathy to hold space for somebody else who says but this is what I want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to identify with. Um, it's just a, it's a tremendous amount of grace. It's, um, it's not always, I, I just feel like you're giving me a lot of credit. It's not always <laughs> as beautiful as I just expressed it. Like that's my, my sole answer, but my normal answer is definitely a little more messy. There's a process to that for sure. No, I, 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 I imagine so. I know these <laughs> things aren't, aren't easy because they're like, you know, we talked about there's the language can be so loaded. It can be so triggering, mm -hmm. you know, things that we just, we, um, we conformed to. And when we decide that is no longer me, um, then it, it picks at you and it pokes at you in a way that is very deep. It isn't mm -hmm. superficial, like I've just let go of this, but they're very deeply rooted um, concepts of ourselves. And when we choose to walk away from that, that old idea of ourself and how we interact with the world, um, it's really hard when somebody else is coming in and saying, 
no, but this is the way you should interact. Mm -hmm. I, I, there is so much angst in that. I I totally get that. There is like holy anger too. Like there's the elements that I feel like I can hold space and grace for this. And I understand that that is your truth. And that is what you desire to believe. And then there's the other topics and subjects where I'm like, I cannot get on board with that. Like that is yeah, not okay. <laughs> and right. so it's like this weird, like holding space for both of those things too. Like you don't want to just be like, I don't know. I know even in my deconstruction, I really noticed the people who were anti-Christian versus just deconstructed. Right. And um that felt different to me. And I noticed that. And I know I don't personally desire to be anti-Christian because that doesn't feel accurate to even like, I think that there's much we can learn from the Bible. Well, more nuanced than just what we're taught. Well, and I think that there's some, some real concepts, um, in Christianity that, that if we stripped everything away from ourselves, especially when we've been, this has been our entire life is, mm-hmm. is this belief system. You strip away every aspect of it. You, you lose a bit of yourself too. Mm-hmm. Like that, even though I may have chosen different things to um, believe and to put my energy in and to orient my life around um, those things still formed um, who I am today. Yeah. And I think that's one thing Madison does a really great job of when she talks about her process of, um, moving out of, um, evangelical Christianity to where she is today is that she's able to attribute kudos to the things that really moved her Mm -hmm. to that next space to say that I'm not a part of anymore, or that, um, way of looking at life. I'm, I don't do anymore. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. looked further. I wouldn't have kept asking the questions, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the 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 relationship with the with the old as we bring in the new yeah. that is so necessary, which I think just comes back to that word reclamation that you keep using, and that there's this there is this I have there's parts of me that will always be me from the time I was a little child. They're just who I am. I can't Mm -hmm. escape them. And if I try, I become all of these other things. My body gets sick and I, you know, Mm -hmm. like we eventually come to that place where it doesn't work to keep trying to move away from that. But then there's also the, but I'm not the five-year-old girl who wanted to do this. I'm also this woman now who mm-hmm. has learned and grown and wants to be this. And if it wasn't for all that junk in the middle, um, we wouldn't be able to make the two come together. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is so much of what I see your messaging being about is being able to embrace all of the, the parts of us that are so good. And so um, the places that we want to connect with the things that the essence that we want to live within um, that that reclaiming of that is is all of that, right? Yeah. And if I've understood your messaging right, yes. but I feel like that's that's a lot of what um, empowerment that you give other women is to say that all of it gets to come if you want it, but mm-hmm. any of it can go away that needs to go away too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that. So what is it that you, uh, you, I I don't want to put words in your mouth like I just did, Um, (laughs) but um, what is it that um, you get really passionate about when you think about working with your clients and you want to help um, other people? Like you said, your experience with Madison made you want to be able to do something like that for someone else. What is it that you are passionate about that you want to see or help women or men. I, you know, I don't know who all of your clients are, but um, what do you want? How do you want them to move? What do you want to help them move to? What do you, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So really the heart of, of my message as a life coach is, is reclamation. It's supporting other humans. They learn the art 
of reclamation, of reasserting a right, of kind of peeling back what they've been taught and reclaiming their core self. Um, it's the art of wielding your power with integrity. Um, and that's like a huge piece, I believe as well, is like, as we reclaim ourselves, deciding, oh, like what is integrity for me? What is, I know it's the, the word is integral, but I never, I don't know, I can't get on board with using the word integral. It just feels weird. So I say in integrity. Yeah. What does it look like to live in integrity with, with who you desire to be in the world? Um, so that's really what I, I help people with and support people with and what I seek to cultivate in my own life as well is just to continue um, exercising my art of reclamation and learning mm -hmm. more of what that means to me and then supporting others on their journey as well. Well, that's, that's beautiful. And uh, so in, in all of that, in that journey of supporting yourself and supporting other women, um, what is something that you dream about? Like you see it off in the distance and you're like, I, I am chasing that. I am wanting that. Hmm. Like a business or life? Just anything. Like if you sit and you say, the world is open to me, what do you dream about? That is a big question for me. I am human <laughs> design. I'm also a manifesting generator and I've got like all the energy. So I want to do all the things um, <laughs> to a certain degree anyways. Um, but one of my big dreams right now it's been a dream, but it keeps like kind of, I keep having like glimmers of what it'll be is I do one day, I hope to have like a retreat house of some kind where I can invite people to and like host retreats or something, mm. um, preferably somewhere that's very remote <laughs> and in the woods yeah. and with lake access of some kind. Um, yeah. so that's like definitely a dream that I, I don't know. My I grew up in the northern woods of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, to the middle of nowhere. And when I think of like my dreams, is my my soul still has a craving to be in the woods and in like like natural lakes. And I desire to. I don't know. I think especially if I think about reclamation long term for me, is it's also supporting other people so they can like get back to to nature. Cause I feel like that also just supports so much of hearing yourself and getting grounded. Um, so that's definitely, that's a dream. That's something that is like in my brain, you probably are hearing my dog whining too. So I apologize to the listeners. <laughs> getting, he's getting antsy. He's been doing so well throughout this whole recording. And now he's like, I'm going to walk around and make noise. <laughs> okay. So I have, I have one more question for you. Um, that I'm just really curious about. Um, one book that you have read this year that has really impacted you. And mm -hmm. if it's not this year, cause that this year, like 2020 could, you know, yeah. like for some of us reading is just really hard, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I'm just curious if there's a book out there that has just really, um, you know, touched you in a way whether it's growth and it was hard to read or whether it was just completely inspiring and motivating no criteria there just yeah gosh I am actually a very slow reader I'm in the middle of like three books but I've been in the middle of them for months <laughs> yeah I'm so there with you <laughs> um gosh um over the past few years and just throughout my deconstruction um, Jamie, Jamie Lee Finch's book has been amazing. You are your own. Um, I'm in the middle of big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I'm a little behind the times in reading that one, but it's wonderful. It's like great mm, for, I have not tapped into that one. That sounds interesting. Cause I love her. It's great. Just like about like inspiration and tapping into inspiration as you're like making things. It's great. Um, I have been reading My Grandmother's Hands this year. Um, oh, yeah. I do remember you talking about that. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, I've had to take that pretty slow because I that one and then the, the guy who wrote that, his like teacher that he learned from wrote The Body Keeps the Score. 
Oh yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. I've also been slowly making my way through that. Again, I'm just a very, very slow reader. I actually, I was researching that book, um, the body keeps score because, uh, my, uh, physical therapist and friend Trish Mack, who was one of my first, um, podcast guests yeah, I remember that. and one of my first healers, um, she, uh, she raves about this book. It's like the premise of, you know, where she's aligned herself in, in thinking and physical therapy. But I went to look for the book because I was actually looking for an audio one because I drive to work. And so it's a good time for me to spend in a book. And there are almost more uh, opportunities to buy the cheat book to the body keep score than to actually buy the book. Like there's like cliff notes for the body keeps score. And, and I was like, oh, wow, this is a little intimidating if it's that hard of a book. But it's knows, dense. It's dense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of my problem is I have a lot of very dense books. Like I'm looking at my bookshelf and there's like a lot of very dense books that are just like, the other one that I have is an Eckhart Tole, I don't actually know how to say his last name, but it's a new earth and that one's super dense as well. It's all about the ego. Yeah. It's just like, man, I need a, it's no wonder I'm stuck in the middle <laughs> of all these. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think that's, um, that's something that as coaches in our circle of conversations is we're always wanting to keep learning. We're always mm-hmm. wanting to keep growing and then we're wanting to pass that on. So when we find something that just uh, thrills us or moves us to a new space, it's, it's really hard to not want to share that with the world. So I'm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm definitely going to tap into a couple of these that you mentioned because they're, um, they're ones that I hadn't, I didn't have on my list. Um, well, I am, I am really excited that we got to have this conversation um, because I, I have been uh, connected to your journey and your story on mm. multiple levels. Like, I feel like we could just kind of put pins, on, you know, throughout that through line of saying, oh yeah, that was me too. Oh yeah, that was me too. And, um, but one of the things that's really inspiring to me about you is that, uh, that evolving and recreating yourself um, and how you view the world is is not something that you're afraid to do. Mm-hmm. It's something that you are drawn to do. And that's, um, I, th- I think that for many of us, um, it's a lot easier to just stay really comfortable with the things that have worked in the past, the coping skills, the, the way we do relationship, the way we do belief systems in life. And hearing a story like yours um, challenges me to say, no, it's, it is about continuing to be that lava that keeps mm-hmm. flowing through and finding new cracks and new pathways um, to get there. And, um, and so I'm, I'm really inspired by that and, um, and also really challenged by it because it's not my natural way. <laughs> And, um, so I, and that's the whole point of why I do these stories is because, um, I need to get outside of my story mm. so that I can engage and bring in someone else's story to change mine, you know, to keep it growing, mm. to keep it. Moving. So thank you for sharing that, the vulnerability. I know there's so much more depth, um, to all those pieces that we talked about <laughs> because story is never just on the surface, but in an hour, we have to kind of do that. And um, so what I would love to do is for those people who have connected with you in this conversation, um, I'm going to put into my show notes um, ways to contact you, but um, just on an audio um, opportunity here, um, where is your website? Where can people find you, your Instagram handle, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com, Meg's Colleen. And that is also my Instagram, Meg's Colleen. Um, Those are two places where you can easily find me and find more of what I do and other interviews and um, all the things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you have anything like exciting coming up that you're wanting to share with the world um, business-wise? Absolutely. I'm super excited about um, my brand new program that's coming in January. I'm not sure when this is releasing, uh, but I'm planning to. It'll be before then. In the future. 
Okay, cool. Um, so in January, um, it starts in Jan mid-January, um, Reclaiming You. It's going to be a five-month coaching program where we are going to dive into all the things that we talked about today. It's, it's, I, I definitely recommend going to the website to read all about it. It's, I just finished okay. the sales page. It's delicious. There's a lot of wonderful content mm. just talking about the, the spacious creation that this program has come to be and why I chose to do five months, which can sound really long. Um, but especially when you're diving into big topics and moving through things that have been there a while, I felt like five months yeah. was needed. So that's kind of my big thing that I have coming. And outside of that, I have my regular one-on-one -on -one offering and yeah, that's me. And you're always putting out a great, um, uh, social media content, really, um, challenging thoughts and, um, inspirations, um, you know, day after day. And, um, and you've got, you've got your own podcast, um, mm -hmm. where you're doing interviews with some amazing women too. So, um, and all of that they can find yeah. via your social media and your, um, uh, website. So, um, yeah. So I'm just, yeah, thank you for sharing your story with us today. And, um, I know that anytime someone shares their story, it's a vulnerable space. It's, mm -hmm. it's exciting because you get to share a piece of you with the world, but it, it's also, uh, it's also vulnerable. And so I value that. So thank you for doing that with me today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the space. And thank you for just cultivating this beautiful collection of interviews for, for people to, to soak in story and just to um, embrace the nuance of humanity. It's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, until next time and go uh, find out more about your January um, uh, program that's coming up and I'm, that I'm super excited about. So I'll put all that in the show notes. So sweet. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you.